Charles Noe. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 372. Jason Linger is with me, and you may recall Paul Unslaved. Paul was with us on a past show, the number being 312.5 as a 0.5 episode that ran for membership only. You may recall that it was a show put together around a traffic stop uh, that happened to Paul. And during the course of that, he damn near changed the point of view of the officer who was implementing his illegal objectives. And uh, it's, I think, from what I just heard from Paul, that clip has been all over the world. It was recorded. I don't know whether it's been on YouTube or everywhere else, but anyhow, welcome, Jason. Oh, and a beautiful almost afternoon is. How about you? Yeah, it's actually it's warm and sunny here. It's uh, belying the fact that we're about to get snowed on here before too long, I think. Oh, dear. Well, it's 70 degrees here. You can keep it. <laughs> all right. Welcome, Paul. Hey, what's going on, fellas? So, uh, where do you want to jump in here? Um, Jason, you had an idea about where to jump in? Yeah, Paul's got a bunch of great ideas that he uh, threw at us in an email here, which will be wonderful to go through. But before we actually started recording, I had made a word slip to Paul, uh, just showing how much we're bombarded with uh, bullshit, to be perfectly blunt about it, and how it can affect even someone like me. Just uh, if I'm mildly distracted, I went right along with it. And I said, hey, let's check the mask laws in Colorado. When in reality, what I meant was mask mandates. These things can happen to anybody. And Paul called me on it, rightly so. So let's talk about how they play word games. Uh, We could start with a couple things like, okay, mask and or vaccine laws versus mandates. There are no laws. Emergency use, executive orders, mandates, call them what you will. None of those are laws. We could start with that. So language, Paul, it's part of the trap, isn't it? It's it's a thing that we're all going to have to confront. Legal and lawful, right? Jason was talking about the law. We, we're all under a certain level of mind control, right? We've recognized that. They've given us these words, terms, symbols, and meanings throughout the ages. And we continue to use these words in day-to-day conversation, even though a lot of times we live this information. So we have to be highly aware of that, right? And what he was saying was he was going to look up the Colorado mask laws, right? Uh, all throughout... Our history in this country, there have been things that have been called legal that are unlawful, right? Slavery was an example of one of them. There's different discriminations against people for who and what they are, right? Just general wrong behaviors that we recognize to be wrong and unlawful based on universal law that have been called legal, right? And we assume that that means that that's the law. Statutes, policies, and codes are not laws. They are given the force of law through the consent of the governed as per the Declaration of Independence. That does not mean 60% of folks can vote 40% of folks into slavery. That means each individual man or woman has to consent to these statutes, policies, and codes through contract in order for them to have the force of law. If not, they're illegitimate. Also, even if you do contract with these folks, if these laws, right, these statutes, policies, and codes given the force of law are repugnant, to the common law and the constitution and universal law, then they are illegitimate. Right. Well, I, I think what we're trying to underscore here is misusing language is unhelpful, isn't it? It's maybe not like a full opt-in, but it sure, sure as hell is not standing up for what is correct. Even simple words, and I do it all the time, like the word understand, it's a hell of a word to try to force someone to to unconsciously agree to stand under whatever it is you're conveying. Um, I All the time, I catch myself doing it, and I try to say things like comprehend, or I quickly try to work out a better way to say it, but it's, it's all part of this kind of lightless trap 
that's been put around us. Language is a big part of it because language is magic. Uh, we form it out of our minds, out of thin air, and it conveys images, meanings, and messages, doesn't it? Spelling, right? That's why we call it spelling. So right. the sort of, if we want to use the term, right, because I don't like to uh, project outwardly and say the controllers of the world, because we are the ones actually in control, but the controllers of the world throughout history have understood, right? The media goes back to ancient Egypt, where we get the word media. These are folks who use words, symbols, terms, colors, light, sound to alter the con conception or the, the, the perception of their enemy, right? So nowadays we see the media, the media, and then this ties into when we get into ABC, CNBC, all these broadcasting companies with their symbolism, the little eye with the ring around it, right? And we can get into shaitan and what that is. What, basically what we're talking about here is a magical system of casting spells using our own Free, free will, right? Our own energetic consent to bring about our own bondage and enslavement with the devices, right? The word is device of vice. And we see this now, the black squares that we're all holding in our hands nowadays, uh, emblematic of the black square of Shatan. And I'd like to get into more of that today because I know that Jason, uh, I, I know, I now know today that that's Jason's subject. So, well, there's, there's another part of that device. That device is hooking you with light, but it's, yep. I equate it to man-made light and I equate man-made light to false light. In Absolutely. other words, there is a hell of a difference between screwing in even an old fashioned light bulb and going outside in the sun. Those two things are night and day. And if you don't believe it, take a prism, go out in the sunlight and see what I guess I could call the divine light does through a prism. Now go look at lights where there's these black separations in the mimicking. And I guess we could call it, Paul, maybe the lesser light is a good example. And that's all across all devices. That's what the, that's what the scripture talks about. These beings we talk about, Lucifer, Shatan. It's just an allegorical concept to describe what humanity has done as a human condition all throughout the ages, which is, which is worship the power, right? The ego, the false light. The idea that we shall become like the gods. Look at all of our toys and tricks and, 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 and you know, technologies. But really, at the end of the day, we find ourselves spiritually and eventually, mentally, emotionally, and physically in a state of decadence, right? Demoralization and decay because we are in the world and of it, right? We have abandoned our spiritual practice for the God of this world and what it provides to us and the promises that it makes. Take the vaccines, wear the masks. You shall become above the disease, the disease that we've created and given to you. So it's a false promise. It's a false light. It's a self-destruction. It's a device. It's a vice and bondage. And only those with eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to feel can see it right now and understand it, right? And make it real and communicate it to others. You know, a big part of this, when I boil it down to as simple as I can think about it, it's the Garden of Eden idea, right? It's Absolutely. separation from nature. Nature is a perfection that is conveyed to us where you can find no lie. It is truth. And I, I, brilliance doesn't even start. It, it's a system that goes on. There's no batteries. There's no gas tank change. It keeps doing what it was created to do at no time is their falsehood introduced into the system. And all these things that we do are Fugazi counterfeit knockoffs of what was already being done in nature. Everything. If you look at a parachute, well, what's a parachute do? Well, you know, you could look at like a dandelion seed, did it first or light back to light. Well, we want to see at night and we're tired of using fire. 
which incidentally is a natural method for light. Uh, so we make all these other ways to get light. But at the end of the day, this is the apex of where we are, where we have been led by these counterfeit systems, isn't it? Absolutely. And that, that is the word, right? Corruption or counterfeit. And as we look at the money, which they've colored green to represent the idea of green in nature, symbolizing the all renewing resource, and then they call it mon-i, right? M-O-N-E-Y, one-i, symbolizing the true value and power of the vision that each one of us carries within. But unaware of that, we look outward into the world rather than looking in, and we come across mon-i, the false corrupt symbol of true power, right? Which is the one eye. If your eye be single and your body be filled with light, the Christ being in the Bible never lied to us once. You just did not understand what he was saying. So there's prime examples. I'm glad you brought this up that we can use from popular culture right now, because I know most people will see it and they'll never have considered. If you look at the four gospels, three of them, the one that is not synoptic is the book of John. The other three are called synoptic. That is to see with one eye. That is a direct reference to opening up your spiritual eye. Some might call it the pineal gland, but this has been hijacked in popular culture. And I'll give you an example. In the Marvel movies, which more minds across this world saw than anything else going at the time, there was Odin. Odin has one eye, right? And Thor has two eyes. Why did Odin, if he's so powerful, get his eye poked out? What's going on there is the old allegory of the man with one eye in the land of the blind is king. That is Odin. And the reason is, is because his spiritual eye is open. He no longer needs his two regular eyes. And as you will notice in that kind of warped allegory of those movies, Odin goes away and Thor gets his eye poked out all of a sudden. Right after he tells his dad, I'm nowhere near as mighty as you. And his dad points out to him, no, you're not. You're much mightier than I have ever been. And there he is, the man with one eye again. Let's go to the back of the dollar, Crow. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's go to the back of the dollar. You have the one eye symbolism right there, the symbol of spiritual vision, wisdom, understanding, and power. And then you have the brick pyramid symbolizing the blocking of that light coming down through to the hole, to the masses, right? The bottom of the pyramid. Right. We also see this in the pop culture with the with the one eye symbolism covering the one eye, right? This is ubiquitous in Hollywood. It is, but you see, this is there's a dark side of things and a light side of things. And what Absolutely. people have come to accept is that eye on the back of a dollar is black in its nature, which it is. It's on money. What do you think? But does that mean that to see with one eye and all examples in this world are black? No, it does not. You can go over to the gospel to see the synoptic gospels. You can see the idea of opening your spiritual eye, at which point you no longer require the two eyes that you had when you were undeveloped or a baby, as they would put it. Um, and there is a difference. And we see this in alchemy, too. How many times have we seen alchemists referred to as the dark arts? Well, it's simple. There is no law being broken, apparently, if you want to go to the dark side. You take things too so too far, which is what's going on now, and yeah, you've created problems, you've gone too far, but this is the divide, isn't it, Paul? Are you going to work for the actual light, or are you going to openly work for a lesser light? Sure, and this gets back to even too Freemason. You have a lot of folks who are, I'll use one of their words, unwashed, profane, right, who they will tell me, oh, you're a Freemason because you won't down Freemasonry, and I have to explain to them. Freemasonry has a duality, just like every teaching and understanding and quote unquote art throughout the ages that I've looked at. It, it either starts off positive 
as an idea of seeking truth and gaining understanding of self and therefore the universe. And then these folks get power and they wind up becoming corrupted. So absolutely, there's always usually you know, like the great work in Freemasonry. There's one side of great work of dark masonry, which is to erect the stone pyramid in between the one eye of knowledge and wisdom coming down to make us, you know, to keep us in the darkness. And the true great work, right, that the Christ did being in the Bible is talked about doing is freeing mankind, right? Man and woman from self-imposed bondage and slavery from within and from without based on misleadership and deceptions, which we are seeing more today than ever. This theme is ubiquitous all throughout history, all times, all places. It's the one common theme with civilization and culture, right? Cult being the root word everywhere on earth. Well, the, you know, the, this echoes back to what's going on in the world now. From my point of view, there is huge amounts of energy being spent to ensure that the average man or woman does not open their spiritual eye. But on the flip side, the people on the dark tower, they've already opened their spiritual eye. They're just on Darth Vader's side. And that's why all this is so clever and so brilliant and so damn evil. And the point is, is we start to equate that level of knowing with evil, which it is not. And that brings us back to the duality. And this is in the Bible that when the people have been set free by truth, they're no longer rulable. They're no longer, you can, you cannot manipulate them anymore. And that's the idea behind the truth will set you free. Absolutely. That was the story of the Christ of being is that all he came here to do was free himself and others from bondage based on ignorance of the law, right? Not the legal system and the laws of his day, right? The, the big banks, big religions, big authoritarian systems. He was trying to get folks to observe the true law, universal law, which is uh, uh, eternal. It's eternal truth and it's present everywhere at all times. It's what human beings call God and it's centered, it's local position in the human being is consciousness and conscience, right? The ability to apprehend right from wrong objectively using empathy. This is a oneness truth, a oneness understanding. Well, before we came on the air, you and I were talking about people in all walks of life getting to the point where they're going to have to confront what's going on, where they're starting to realize, wait a minute, I'm digging my own grave here. Why am I doing this? Someone just sent me a clip today. People can look it up. I believe it's on a thing called Odyssey, but it is Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, V-I-G-A-N-O. The claim in the clip is that he's the second man in the Vatican. I have no idea whether that's true, but you will see a man probably of good conscience. I don't think this is a double reverse, but I don't care. Um, talking openly about what the hell's going on in this world. And if this is true, it underscores exactly what Paul was getting at before we came on the air. Everyone shortly is going to be forced to confront what's going on here. Are they not? This is a spiritual test, I believe, right? And some of this I will put forth with authority and conviction and tell you I believe it to be absolute truth. Other things I will tell you where I'm leaning as far as probability. I believe this to be what has been spoken about throughout the ages as a sort of an end times, right? Or an end of an ages and an opportunity for a new beginning. But everybody is going to be forced to confront their false beliefs that they have lived their lives and societies on the backs of so long, right? Ignoring the truth uh, in favor of convenience and safety and all these other false promises. Every single being is going to be forced, as it says in scripture, to bow their head to the law, right? This is not religious dogma, 
This is mind science. This is true spirituality. This is the, again, religion has two meanings, to bind the hands or to reunite with source. This is not big religion talk to bind your hands and disempower you. This is reuniting with source, right? Resource. We have to research for the resource so that we can commune with a higher level of consciousness. And then when we observe the law, we will co-create a kingdom of heaven. What we are co-creating now is a hell on earth. And if you don't see that now, you will see it shortly. Well, how, how can you miss it? Go ahead and look at the news out of Houston the other day. Whatever you want to call that event, everyone interviewed described it as a hell on earth. We know what media does. So we know the purpose of what's being done. But the point is, is can you walk through a day right now and not miss what's going on around you? And this brings us to officialdom. It even brings us to the idea of when we first met you, Paul, and we were interviewing you because you recorded a traffic stop where your rights were being violated and you damn near converted the complete outlook of one of the top officers that came that were called to the scene. Um, Here's the point. We're seeing corporations right now do things that are a detriment to their own livelihood because they've been told to do it. But we're kind of at the crossroads now where some of these people are going, wait a minute, why am I damaging my own ability to exist? By proxy, that's going to have to bleed into what's going to happen to my children. What are my spiritual values? These are all the things that are going to be bubbling to the top as we head through winter. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I just believe it to be a spiritual test and a spiritual quest. And I believe the outcome to a certain degree is set based on our choice, you know, sort of within the duality. Are you going with this or are you going with that? Everybody's going to be forced to choose where they stand. So in a way, these folks who we demonize, a lot of us, you know, we'll call them the enemy and demonize them. They are our greatest teachers and challengers to rise to the occasion, to become our best and most powerful selves, to confront our false beliefs and our fears to transmute that into a true sense of self-care and self-love and love for truth and their country and your rights and on and on. We magnify it out, right? As above, so below, as within, so without. Ancient wisdom has always been correct if you can discern what's being taught. It's strange to come to a time where we've all lived the lives where there always feels like there's a gray area. And what you just pointed out, I agree with, uh, the gray area is going away. Pretty soon it's going to be black or white and you will have to choose. Uh, What box are you going to stand in? What do you represent? What is your life about? What is your intent? What is your spiritual? I don't want to say denomination, but if I use the word, people will know what I mean. It's maybe not quite like choosing sides, but at the same time, it's almost exactly like choosing sides. But Jason, do you want to get in on this? Well, since we're talking about wordplay and word spells, I would say that the vast majority of your altercation with the police at your traffic stop really hinged off of all these words. The fact that what you were saying and what you were doing was very different than what they were saying and what they thought you were doing and how those things just literally don't match up, even though some of the words have technically multiple meanings. Yeah. I mean, they know on a certain level, even if it's subconscious that I'm bringing the law, right? I'm uttering the the, the words and the spells that are bringing in the true law, right? I'm not spelling in the demonic sense like they are That's why I I delineated to him the difference. I said, sir, I'm not being a dick to you. You have a belief, right? Because he kept saying, I have a belief, right? In the middle of belief is the word lie. I have a knowing, right? That's why I'm able to stand here and tell you no, because I know who and what I am and what I'm not, which means I will not be a yes man for anybody to deceive me and to disempower me by giving up my free choice and my birthrights. 
So they're aware on some level or another. Once you lay it out for them with words, it becomes undeniable. Like I told them, the word is conviction. The same way you can convict me in a legal court of man, a satanic court, is the same way the universal God and judge will convict me in a universal court by universal law, right? So I'm more interested in following universal law than I am your satanic man's laws that change from day to day, week to week, month to month, on a whim, based on emotion, and are usually backed with the force of a gun and groups of men. I don't support anything like that. And I do that for me because my judgment, right, based on uh, on how I'm going to be seen and received and present myself. Like you said, bro, that's absolutely what this is all about now. Presentment. Like they say, you're going to be represented in court? No, a man presents himself. He never gives his power away. Only a coward, only a fallen being, right? Only a fearful being. We've all been that at one time or another. We may all go back there. But that's the walk that we're on here. That's the test. Convert your fear into the other base emotion, which is true care. And then we will be out of this mess. Well, this, this is the, the whole root cause of the corporate or the speaking corpse, the corpse oration, uh, this death-based system. <laughs> because truly, in our actions that we've either been fooled into or never known any better, we're killing the living man with our own hand and our own actions. And this comes down to exactly one of the points you put in where this corporation death-based system is corrupt, it's in the public space, and it's basically limiting all rights to the ideas of privacy, benefits, and privileges. And nowhere in any of that is the idea of a living man or a living woman. Well, that's the world of the dead, right? I mean, right. We, we see these illusions, right? A-L-L, not illusion. We see this alluding to in the, in the ancient times, again, all these allegories about the living man, the truth, the life, and the way, and then the world of the dead, which again, the whole world is in the hands of the dark one, run by the God of the dead, right? And that, that gets back to, I believe, partially Shaitan, right? Uh, the star of Rem Fan, the black cube, the deceiver, the one who puts you forward or holds you back, also known as Kronos, known as many names throughout the ages, the God who eats his own children, right? Sounds like we need to get into that concept. So let's get into that. So I think it's safe to say at this point that the majority of the world's systems are taken over by this, whatever you want to call it, a force, an entity. Death-based corporate system. Sorry, no, you don't say they call it a state, right? When they stop me, they say you are in a state of Colorado or in the state of Colorado. A state of is a state of being or consciousness. So they're trying to compel you into different states of consciousness and awareness. Most of these people, the masses, right, are in a certain state of being and they're not aware of it. Let's give the foundation of why it's true. Everybody remember the first hermetic principle. The mind is all. When the mind is hijacked based on a principle like that, what has been hijacked is the all for that individual. Your mind precedes all reality. So when we see these things that Paul is alluding to that have changed your consciousness, it's not just your perception that's been jacked there. It's everything that follows. Mind is all. And these ancient maxims and whatever you want to call them show you the foundational reasons why these things are true. I mean, what would you add, Paul? As the mind goes, the man follows. If we look at the words, right? 
enslavement, ment means mind in Latin. Any condition that is in the external world must first start in the mind. If you want to enslave a physical populace, you first enslave them in the mind. That's what Kanye West, funny enough, if we can give a pop culture reference, because what's true is true. It doesn't matter who does it or says it, even if they're completely uh, co-intel pro or whatever, which is another debate. Kanye West went up there and told everybody, we can sit here and play race games or we could be real about it. Any population who's enslaved for hundreds of years is enslaved in the mind first. So we could blame the oppressor, but we can understand that the oppressed has to oppress themselves before they oppressed outwardly by what they think, what they believe, what they accept to be true, and also what they won't act on that they know is true, right? You can always give your life and die for what's true and what's real to avoid living in enslavement. So there's always a choice, right? You know, there's a line that re- relates directly to this. I recently went back and I reviewed some Harry Potter to show it's just more of the same pre-echoing. And we are headed into the Deathly Hallows now. One of the magical people asks Harry Potter, because he's around so-called muggles or non-magical people, can you please tell me what the rubber ducky is for? Now, Harry, <laughs> Harry never gets to tell him, but you know what the rubber ducky's for. Does the rubber duck serve a purpose? Does it matter in this world? Or is it underscoring from their point of view that the non-magical people are engaged in infantile things like entertainment and other things of no consequence? That was what was being uh, committed across in these exchanges. Now, in the same way, what Paul was just pointing out, how is the mind warp being implemented? Mostly, in, in many places, they are threatening the loss of goods or services. Boil it down. So people will give up their freedom, their health, Lord knows what, for goods and services, really. But at the base of it, that's really where most of this is gaining traction, isn't it, Paul? Goods and services. Absolutely. Because again, it's all about using the archetypal drives of the being to harness their power, energy, attention, and choice making ability. So they are aware of our psychology and how it operates, what drives us, where we wind up. So they give us the carrot and the stick, you know, they give us the false illusory promise and it seems to feel good in the short term, but in the long term, it's a setup for disempowerment, uh, suffering and death. You know, this all relates directly. We're about to go into the idea of Saturn. We did for a minute there. Um, People open up uh, Stellarium and take a glance at what luminaries are up in the night sky right now. You'll find that there are a number, but Saturn is prominent. Jupiter is prominent. Um, There's a whole cycle that's going on here. And I don't know where you come down on this, Paul, but I do not accept any longer that what, what is happening per se is unique. It may be unique in how it's going down, but I suspect that we get something like this at the end of each era. I suspect that the entire deck gets shuffled, reduced. And I think that's what we're going through. And if that is a correct assessment, and only time will tell, uh, it kind of tells you that you really do need to choose what you stand for to make it to that point where it becomes clear, doesn't it? So, yeah, we get back to the words, right? With Shaitan, Saturn, and Jupiter, Iupater, meaning the father, right? Another understanding we get from these same concepts of fatherly gods and fatherly consciousness and the fatherly nature, the protective nature. My understanding of Iupater, Jupiter, and the ancient understanding as well was that it has a certain pull to it that actually protects the earth from incoming objects. Now, whether we accept all this as true or not, I'm not, you know, a NASA engineer. 
assuming and presuming that NASA has any credibility anyway. See, there's many layers to this, and I'm not standing on one side or the other. I'm just proposing concepts and allowing people to think for themselves and look at these words and terms and open up a, a part of their mind that maybe was never available, right? So, yeah, I mean, these, I, I agree with you that if I was to, to, to suspect, right, and to gamble, uh, my, the probability I have is that this is cyclical, right? This is some kind of a simulation, some kind of a, psych, uh, a cyclical event. And we usually wind up back in these same places. We talk about dark ages and golden age, right? We talk about uh, nighttime and daytime, the sun and the moon, the polarity, the duality. It all seems to be some kind of circular, uh, cyclical um, uh, event, simulation uh, to teach us something, right? Just for us to come here, experience, learn, grow, transcend, transmute, and then die with a certain level of uh, dignity and leave behind the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom, which is knowledge and understanding converted into action for the young ones to view and attain, right? Right. And if these ideas are correct, then it starts to speak directly to the worldly things we get involved in, like why don't we know a real history of things? And how is it that population, no matter what you do, doesn't work out? I mean, haven't people been here for millions of years or at least hundreds of thousands? How come the population never works out? And if this is a cyclical thing, it kind of addresses that. We're about to probably see a vast population reduction. Uh, the sad part is, is that most of that population reduction seems to be based on people who've made bad decisions and accepted bad offers. But that is the root of what we are talking about. But uh, what do you want to get into here, Jason? Well, we didn't even really get into the Shaitan Saturn thing. So, Paul, what else did you want to touch on with that? You were starting to tie things in with the money before, and I strongly suspect all these things are intertwined, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we we have the we have the true spiritual, which I think is kind of unseen and works through everything we that we see as seen, and then we have the corrupt, which is the physical. And I, I believe, right? I have to put together sort of a. a the lucid presentation of, of how to illustrate this. But if we look at a lot of this symbolism, right, like I said before, the ABC, CNBC, all of our media, a lot of them, they show this eye symbolism, right, which is really just a planet with a ring around it. We get the pop culture understanding of the Lord of the Rings. They keep telling us these certain clues and stories, which in the Lord of the Rings, we have the eye of Sauron, right? So who is the Lord of the Rings? Well, what planet has rings? We talk about drug ring, pedophile ring, everything that's used to, to uh, the terminology, the dark underworld, right? The God of this world, uh, uh, which they say in the ancient language, uh, El, you know, is tied into the God Saturn, right? So when we read in the ancient scriptures, the Elohim, that would be, if we were to accept that understanding, plural gods from the planet Saturn who have come to earth to remake man in their own image. And we see this playing out now, right? With the cutting off of genitals, we see it with the merging of man and machines, just the complete inversion and corruption of the natural unseen creator's hand that works through everything, turning it, remaking it, which is what the scripture says in the original language, the gods have come to earth to remake man in their own image because it had became a waste and a desolation. I, I believe, I don't want to get the, I was going to use the, the ancient language word, but I don't want to get it incorrect. But um, yeah, so when we go to the top of Saturn, these folks like NASA say that there's a storm on top of Saturn. There's a black square, a hypercube, and then there's a star shaped figure there, right? And we go back to scripture. It says the worshipers of the star of Rem Fam. And interestingly enough, the three main religions are all 
uh, genuflecting to this symbology, right? The Jewish religion now, make no, make no mistake, I'm not talking about individual Jewish people, right? Um, I'm talking about these main religions of the world that seem to be under a mind and spiritual control, worshiping something they believe is the God of creation, but is actually the God of this world. So we have the star of Remphan, which is not a star of David, it's a star of Saturn. And then we have the black cube in Mecca, right? We have the Islamic folks, they will get around the black square and they will do circles around it. This is emblematic of the storm that is on top of Saturn. If you go look this up, they say, again, there's a black square and a storm that happens where it looks like a spinning white cloud around this black square. So then we go over to the cross, which this is a little bit of a reach, but I believe it's possible if you uh, understand 3D engineering. Right. Again, another corruption, computers, Photoshop, artificial reality. If we go into Photoshop and we take a cube and we unfold it, it becomes a cross. Right. I have to show this to you visibly to get you to understand this. But. What I'm trying to tie in here is that the three main religions use symbolism that I could make a case tie into worshiping the Lord of the Rings, right? The eye of Sauron, the same thing as the back of the dollar bill. We have the eye uh, presiding over the pyramid, right? So I don't know if that any of that is sort of makes sense, if it can all be tied together, or if it's jumbled up. But like I said, I have to prepare that and present it in a certain way. No, I think it's demonstrable. We've shown all day long that the the kind of New Testament idea of Christianity was based on the idea of Jupiter, the father idea, jovial, happy, turn the other cheek, but that roots from the Old Testament. Now, those religions are purely based in Saturn. They orthodox branches wear a black cube on their head. On the Saturn arm, they have a black band down to their middle finger, the Saturn finger. It's all Saturnian, and yep. you can show the, the ideas. But to, to make an illustration, it's hard to talk about these things because a lot of people don't have a foundation to go at it. So I will use marriage as a de demonstration of one aspect of Saturn. And by the way, if this world was perfect right now, according to ancient wisdom, Saturn would be nothing but joyful. You wouldn't even notice it because nobody needs to get better. Everyone's like on top and Saturn is this joyous thing that no one even recognizes anymore. That is the claim. But where we are with so much to learn, I can use marriage as the example. Now, those rings of Saturn are binding. And if you look at so many of the things Paul just laid down, they're binding. Um, they're binding ideas. When you get married, you take a ring and you enter into a binding contract with your loved one that I'm not going to have this kind of relationship that I have with you, with anyone else in the world. We have this binding agreement and this binding ring is on my hand to remind me of the binding agreement that I have made. But as go. with all things, you knowingly went into the marriage you agreed into that binding contract, and that is the perfect allegory for the outskirts of what we're talking about here. Absolutely. And then we also have the earring. We listen to your God. Women would wear the earrings in ancient culture, right? The ring, the same way we go to the Olympics with the interlocking rings, right? The symbol of the ring is, is again, uh, present over and over again as a symbology, and it denotes that same concept, Saturn being the inhibitor, right? He either lets you move forward or he holds you back the same way we go to court. And interestingly enough, in the cult of Saturn, the black robe ones, same way when we graduate from school, we get the black square on our head with the black robe. Um, 
these folks, oftentimes, when you speak the truth and make them aware of who and what you are and what side you're riding with, they will move out of your way because they recognize this being no longer needs to be taught through suffering. And when we go back to the money symbol, right, which I love, the symbol of the two snakes with the, the, the rod through it, uh, that symbol, to my understanding, in ancient times was known as to purify through suffering. So the whole world system, Luciferian system, is all about taking beings, putting them through trial by fire, getting them to transmute their darkness into light through suffering, right? Through suffering, you will be purified if you choose to take the next right action based in truth. If not, we will continue to put you in bondage and enslavement. That is our function here. The devil has a function, believe it or not, unless you want to be a victim. There's no night without day. That's really all you need to know. If you appreciate daylight, then you have to appreciate that the idea of that in this duality has to be countered. Everything has one side or the other, but or do we go around calling the nighttime evil? Uh, if we do, we're a bit mistaken because nighttime is required for all the plants and living things and animals and the way it works here. So this duality is peculiar when it comes to human beings because Human beings can take things too far. Like we can opt for the dark side and we've broken no rule, violated no law, but then it always goes too far, doesn't it? Like right now, and I'm with Paul all day long, this overreach, it's a little scary. A lot of people aren't going to make it probably, but it forces a consciousness rise like no other thing could have. I imagine there are endless folks out there that would have been content to sleepwalk for the next 20, 30 years that have been jolted back into some form of reality. And so the main point of what we have said is you've got to recognize how the luminaries, the sky clock, these ancient archetype concepts were true when they were said the first time, and they're still true now, but you must understand nighttime is not evil. There is an aspect of the Saturnian system that is not evil per se. Um, what we are saying is we don't like what we're seeing here, so we're going to call that evil. And by most accounts, it's pushed so far as to be overstepping its bounds. And this comes back and is protected by the idea of universal law. Universal law is the idea that you have to be told in advance, you can't be forced into things, and that comes full circle there's the pun, uh, to all the offers that are put before us. And these offers are where we have gotten in trouble, and this comes back to goods and services. I do not have to choose to use a good or a service, but I've become so diaper-enveloped baby-like that I can't possibly take care of my own self in the world, so I have myself convinced that I can't live without these goods or services, when actually the opposite is true. And we're back to, like you say, full circle. And we're going back to symbolism here, the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. We're back to the simulation of how we learn, right? We have to sometimes chase our own tail and eat our own tail and get caught up in that cyclical cycle of bondage until we break free, right? So this is a, a proven ground and a learning ground. And we understand that evil is, again, just a inversion or not, not an inversion, but it's, a, it's a, a turning backward of the word live, right? L-I-V-E is E-V-I-L. Backward. So if an individual lives backward, right, not in concordance with their conscience, what they know to be true and what's right, because they want a paycheck, because they want validation, because they want attention from the opposite sex. Again, all of these worldly principles. If you live backwards, you are evil and you are subject to the law and the consequence that comes from that. Some folks call it karma. 
right? You will get your comeuppance one way or the other until you learn to write yourself like the prodigal son. When you write yourself by your own volition, you will be free. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're saying there's a biblical saying, you, you reap what you sow, which is basically what you just said in the hermetic principles. I think it's seven. I don't know. I might be wrong. Cause and effect. In other words, you create the conditions that will deliver what comes next for you, basically. And I, I don't think there's any getting out from under these ideas. Um, we have this kind of thought in the Western world where that's weird. That thing just kind of happened or it's synchronicity. There's all these words for it, but the truth is every cause has an effect and every effect has a cause. And when you logically work out that that's true, it means that everything we do produces an outcome of some sort. And that's when we get back to, I think, being closer to nature. Because if you look at animals and trees, you don't see them doing all this various nonsense that doesn't serve a purpose, right? They're doing what they need to do to survive and make more. That's what they're doing. And there's very little kind of waste of time in between it. And that's where humans and the natural system have become far apart. Because a human being can sit in their home for two weeks, binge watching some entertainment. So they've allowed their mind to be latched onto and controlled, but they did it knowingly. Whereas in the natural world, the things we do almost always have a direct corollary with what we need to do to be alive. And these are hard, hard concepts to think of because we're so used to popcorn and movies, aren't we? Absolutely. You know, when we're distracted and not walking with the self, and learning from the self, a lot of times we look outward in the world where there's complete purpose, meaning, connection, and we interpret that as randomness, right? Because much like psychology and sociology, an individual who's not studied these things may be out behaving and acting in a way and have no understanding of who and what they are and think that they're in control. They're, they're interpreting uh, uh, a level, they're, they're misunderstanding reality for what it is, right? Because again, the path has been diverted, right? Like you talked about before, the idea of ent entertainment or it's similar to entrainment, right? If you get these folks focused on the false life and what everyone else is doing, idol worshiping, right? Giving them their American idols to worship, they're less focused on their own journey, their own walk, their own rise in consciousness. And if you're not moving forward on that journey and you're in a state of uh, stagnant, uh, stagnance and then you will uh, decay. Right. So this is what I believe we're seeing. And like you said, you know, we can continue to uh, to come back on it. But I think it's pretty clear at this point. And I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just, you know, biased because I've been doing this for so long. But I can't believe that folks are not seeing this more and more, this inherent program and this understanding. But I guess more suffering and death may be needed. But, Paul, the sports ball game is on tonight. Sports. Ball, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and. And Nicki Minaj. And now again, uh, Albert Pike says, when you need a hero, we will supply them. Doesn't really much matter because if Nicki Minaj says something and it's true or Aaron Rodgers says something and it's true, it doesn't matter who gave it to you. Take the truth and act on it. But if you keep looking to them and projecting your power onto them for them on the world stage to change the world, it's never going to happen. They can only just like Donald Trump or any one of these other false leaders. People can only be led as much as they will lead themselves, right? God helps those who help themselves, and the universe works that way. If you're still looking for other folks outside of you to lead you in any capacity or aspect of your life, it's not going to work out well for you in this new age, right? Well, this, this is the benefit of having the creation, that perfection, 
that place where there is no lie, which can be used to measure and balance all the things that we have to address. And this brings us into the crypto argument. Every time we bring it up, there's going to be people that are pissed off in the comments <laughs> because they've invested in crypto and they're all about it and they know what the blockchain is. And by the way, the government can't, that none of this matters. And if you use nature as your example, you can understand that when this crypto change happens, and I imagine that it will, it will be the largest loss of freedoms in the history of human beings for the simple fact that there will no longer be actual wealth. And I can draw the picture from nature. I can go out to my yard and I can get an apple. That apple is real. I can eat that apple. It can give me nourishment. I can give that apple to someone else and it can be used for the same reasons. Or I could go out to my backyard and there's a man standing there that says, give me your phone. I'm going to put a one and a zero and give you a digital apple. <laughs> and you can take this digital apple and you can give it to your family. And by the way, you can invest this digital apple and it could be worth a hundred digital apples by the end of the week. But in essence, at that point, what I have fully agreed to, whether I'm consciousness or of it or not, is that I will accept imagination as reality. And I have further accepted that the idea of having anything of worth is sacrificed there and then. And that is the truth of crypto. I don't know what you might add to it, Paul. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. My intuition tells me that long term, this is more bondage and enslavement. The technical folks tell me they know better and that I'm a fool. That's fine. They may be correct. What I will say, right, is I suspect that you're correct long term. In the short term to midterm, I believe, and what I've seen, a lot of folks who are gaining a financial freedom and an ability to take that money, whatever it is, right, it, it just it, basically a, a store or a, a symbol of energy, and convert that into physical assets, right? So for me, right, I do have crypto uh, because I believe that the dollar is a failed uh, prospect. It's built to fail and that it's going to fail shortly and that there will be a transfer of wealth over to crypto. What I want to do is capitalize, right, as they say, on that transfer of wealth or that changeover, that trend, and convert that money, that profit, into land and a community and ability to alchemize that future darkness and that slavery, right? Because I believe at a certain point here in the future, we're going to have to decouple from these systems and this idea of money as a store of value and go back to inherent value like you're talking about. Barter, trade, goods and services in the community, right? I'll teach the children and run the school. You have a certain amount of these products. Everybody contributes that to me and everybody you know, gets a service in exchange for the goods. That type of model, I think the archaic revival is what we're going to have to go back to to avoid these illusions and these deceptions from controlling us, right? It's just a more fundamentally principled uh, and natural, supernatural, right? Which just means very natural, but it's in communion with the most high. That's the way I believe that we need to live going forward. So I will not hold up crypto as the panacea. I will not demonize it. Again, it's a tool like anything else. If you use it in the short to midterm, for what it can be used for and convert that into something real and true and eternal, at least, you know, while you're here till you give it to somebody else, then uh, I believe it can be a blessing.
I, I guess I take the dimmer view. Um, and truly, I do know people who have used it in the short term. They've got in, they've got out, and they did convert it into things of intrinsic value. But the truth is, is if you want to use nature as your example, you have to ask the natural questions like, what has value? Well, water has value. I can't live without it. Land, because I need food to eat. So that has value. But what we're talking about with crypto is an idea. It's imagination. It's completely valueless. We can assign imaginary value to it, but at no time can it become equal to the apple tree that we need or the well for water that we need. And it is a manipulation and it is an open statement that we are perfectly okay with calling wealth a thing of zero value. And people will make the argument, well, you're doing that now. Well, you're right. Every time we use a credit card, we're doing that. To some degree, every time we use a piece of paper we call money, we're doing that. But it still tangibly exists and was recently divorced from the idea of intrinsic value backing it. Um, This was the holdout of Islam for so long, the idea that money had to be backed by intrinsic value. And these are lessons, but this at no time is going to be free from being a tool of the efforts that we're seeing now. And if you want to be honest about it, it comes down to goods and services again, right? Uh, We all want to be rich. So we do whatever it takes to try to be rich. And that's what powers this. And lastly, as long as we're going to close out on crypto, the moment a crypto coin became worth many thousands of dollars that it wasn't worth the day before, you should have already seen that it is not free of the control as any other monetary system is. It just isn't. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. There's definitely always, because again, people will tell me the technical guys, Bitcoin and all these cryptos can't be manipulated. If you can manipulate the minds of men and women, then you can manipulate anything. Like we said back before, the same principle, anything that extends off of that. So we, one thing we know in this world is people are, are generally credulous. They're willing to believe anything. If the TV, like Nixon said, you know, it's Americans to believe anything if it, they hear it on TV. So if you can make millions and hundreds of millions and billions of people move and act based on what you told them, then no system is about manipulation. It's just to what degree it can be manipulated. And I definitely agree with you that long-term, I do believe it will be a source of disconnection and disempowerment from true value. But like I said, I think that it's important to be fair and to understand that we can, I guess, profit, you know, it's a dangerous word when we get into spirituality, but what do we do, right, with the wealth or the resources or the energy that we create, regardless of where it comes from? We convert that into something real and true and good, and it becomes a blessing in disguise, right? And then long-term, it won't matter. If you have guns, gold, land, food, Abilities to sustain your health, plants, herbs, minerals, you know, all the whole uh, concept of intrinsic value. If you use any system to create back with the real system, I, I don't know. You know, I'm still I still have it open. So I'd like to know what you think about that. Actually, is there is there a wrong being done there or are we alchemizing? Are we using what could be a dark thing or a, a fearful thing, a confusing thing and turning it into something that may be able to bless? ourselves and others around us, right? In the community sense. For me, it's pretty clear when I've used the place that I know I can go where there is no lie called the creation and I measure it, it comes up counterfeit. And when it comes up counterfeit, for me, I'm done. In some ways, I have a luxury to make that decision that I might not have had when I was 20 years old. That's true. 
And I recognize that, but where I am, I can only have say for me in this world. If someone else volunteers, I get to have say for them, then maybe some degree. I have say for my mother because I take care of her. But the point is, is I have logically worked it down to a place where there is no lie and it's Fugazi. Well, what about then the dollar then? What about all, we all use dollars day to day, right? Like you said, we all right. use credit and debit. Isn't that, isn't it all of the devil, so to speak? Isn't it all false corruption, deception, illusion? Yes. And that can be shown in nature by the old Italian measure of the idea of usury and money making more money. In other words, someone once said, here's a gold coin and I put it on the table. Now, if that gold coin has babies, that is evil incarnate. And they measured using the Bible back in that period of time. But you can see where this goes. A deer can have a baby. A human being can have a baby, but at no time can a gold a gold coin have gold baby coins. And that's where the line is drawn. And the, the simple way to boil that down is if something that we called currency, or which is not even a right word, had value as money, which isn't the right word, it would always be what it's worth. It's worth today what it's worth tomorrow, but we've come a long way from there. It's not worth what it is today, tomorrow, which proves it's been co-opted and it's being manipulated. It further proves where I think you were going is, yeah, man, we use dollars that are on the highway to hell. We got on the highway a long time ago. I'm pointing out that the destination to that highway currently is crypto. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think so. I also too, I, I have to, at this point, I have to be true to myself and what I see. It's, I look at it like a firearm. It's a tool. It can be used whatever way that the, the operator uses it. The bottom line is what is the cause and effect? And, and is there loss, injury, or harm done in the process of using that tool? So I'm going to have to see more about it and look into it more and just spiritually kind of meditate on it more and see where it goes. Because again, if we, if we put this up to the measure, which I guess, like you said, it's a highway to hell. We got on a long time ago. Well, we're going to have to use these tools at this point to get off the highway. So that's where I'm at. I've been on the highway to hell. I've been turning myself around, repenting, recreating who and what I am as a character, right? Authentically in the world and within myself. And I have to use whatever tools that have been given to me, as long as they cause no loss, injury, harm to get off that highway to hell, right? And get back to who, what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing here. And we can leave all that shit behind. Once we get to a certain position, I believe, and I, you know, I'll, I guess we'll know more as time goes on. Why I see you searching as I have and what some of my foundational ideas to try to deal with this thing that's almost too incomprehensible to even imagine how to deal with it is the idea that every man is my brother and every woman is my sister. And these are hard things because as people, we always find fault or just chemically, we don't get along with someone. But at the end of the day, I try to overrule that by saying, if I saw that person cut, would they not suffer just like I would if I was cut? Do I want that person to suffer if I, if I don't want to suffer? And I try to force my mind back to the reality of the situation. And these ideas I find for me are foundational to help me keep in line for all the other things that I'd like to try to keep in check. So I look for those foundational ideas that I know are true because nature tells me they're true. Um, and, and I go from there. And this is part of the trap of being a human being um, because we have been conditioned and there are people we don't like. And we do get caught in the trap where, you know, you say, I wish that guy would go to hell. Well, do you really wish that? Do you really wish that? I wish that guy would just go die. 
examine. No, you really, as a loving being, well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but we really, what I found is that that's another illusion, corruption, and deception. When we really search ourselves, we wish that person would save themselves and stop causing harm to themselves and us. And, and the same for ourselves, right? We don't really hate ourselves. We wish there was a way out. We just don't see the way out. So we use that as an acceptable way to cope. Yeah, exactly. Cope. There's the word. That's what I, when I examined myself, that was it. When I said, I wish that person would just go die. It was me trying to figure out a way to deal with my own inner struggle, my own ego. And the truth is, is if I examined it, I don't want that person to die. I may not like them too much, but I certainly don't want them to die or suffer on my account. And it's true. The, the struggle comes full circle back to me. All right, Paul, do you want to give out contact in any way, shape, or form, this is our one. So if you do, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I got my YouTube up there. It's Paul Unslaved. Uh, I got the Facebook up there. Um, I do have a Telegram as well. Uh, if you do want to kind of keep track of what's going on or interact with me directly, I have all my information up there. I talk to folks majority of the day, usually about uh, common law and the legal system. In quotes, yeah, that's pretty much it. I would get, I would get into that Telegram just if nothing else, so that I can have a base of individuals there and we can move over to different platforms as that happens. But uh, yeah, we pretty much uh, have the same stuff going on that I had last time. So. so it's where the rubber meets the road. People are trying. What more can you ask for than to have groups of people who are trying? Because not too many years ago, a lot of us weren't trying at all. We were sitting in our easy chairs, kind of slumbering through life. And we're seeing the reckoning is upon us. And things are going to be different now, and it's going to wake up a lot of us. And at the end of the day, we can hope that everybody's at least trying to the best of their ability. Anyhow, that brings hour one of episode 372 to a close. I'd like to see everybody over at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com for hour two of episode 372, which is provided for membership. Lastly, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
Beast. <laughs>